A reading from John 12, 9-1. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there, and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. I just want to make a sort of a literary point here, or not even a literary point, but, um, you know, we're going to see in a day or so that Jesus is uh, coming in, and the impression that we get, which we celebrate as Palm Sunday now, the impression we get is that the entire city has uh, sees Jesus for who he is and, and are celebrating that. But in point of fact, the uh, uh, behind all of that, there's scheming, plotting, and planning going on to kill him. And so you have these two forces at work within Jerusalem. One that sort of recognizes that Jesus is something more than just a man. And the other recognizes he's a big troublemaker and they've got to get rid of him. And both of those forces are at play right here in, in John 12. Uh, and it, it will start to work itself out as the narrative continues. Uh, but it's, it's extreme, there's extreme tension here. Yep. And even the uh, aspect that the tension is leading people to plot, to work behind the scenes, that they have to manipulate something. They have to, to create uh, an angle. And uh, part of it is to deny what Jesus has already done. And so here, uh, they want to kill even Lazarus, get him out of the picture, get rid of Jesus and Lazarus, and you can put this uprising down, which is ludicrous in our minds. I mean, when you look at it, um, why would you deny such a clear expression of the power of God? It, it, it just is, it's hard to even believe, and it just shows how people, when they feel that their power is being challenged and they're losing control, they'll go to any measure to keep the truth from being uh, brought out into the light. Well, you answered your own question. I mean, the, the, how, how can you conceive what, but your uh, incredulity is coming from a position of belief, mm. whereas theirs is coming from a position of belief in their, their power, their prestige, their position, that which defines them. You constantly, you constantly talk about your Christ identity, well, that to them is a challenge and a threat. It's, it's a frightening thing that somebody could actually replace them and become the true king. They can't take it. What's interesting, and, and this is obvious to us looking back, but it makes me ask then, what have I added to my identity besides Christ? Is it Christ and my sense of well-being? Christ and my family's uh, image in the community, Christ and my career, uh, Christ and my success. If any of those things are wrapped up in my sense of identity, I'm not living with Christ alone and I'm just as off as they are. And so the text kind of just comes back and asks me, Chuck, what do you have confidence in besides Christ? Great question, and the uh, and Paul kind of comes up with the answer much later on when he says, "I've come to speak of Christ and Him crucified." Mm -hmm. So it's Christ alone, which reminds me of the song. Uh, but 
uh, it's Christ alone. Now that is actually a huge challenge for almost everybody. Yeah, that's why it's pretty powerful when Paul says, I consider all things, everything else rubbish compared to the privilege of knowing Christ. And so I press on, I want to know him more powerfully in his present risenness and in the fellowship of sharing in his suffering.